0: Anderson Afternoons, the podcast.
1: It is time for our weekly visit with the Athletic Supporters Panel. Kelly Moore, Kyle Milroy, Philly Aubrey, gentlemen, welcome to you all as always.
0: Hello, thanks, Jeff. Brother. all right. Uh,
1: let's. Uh, can we start with golf today, Kelly? Because this is a big deal.
2: For hey, it's Manitoba your show.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's a it's a big deal for a Manitoba golfer this weekend in the European Tour.
2: It sure is, Jeff, Uh, and uh, I know Christian O'Malley talked to Aaron Cockrell uh, when he was playing at the Cypress Open uh, back last month, and things were looking pretty good. So just to kind of give you the Coles Notes version of where things sit for Aaron, he is now 118th in the European Tour rankings after his tie for fourth place this past weekend in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, the Alfred Dunhill is being played. It's part of the Sunshine Tour in South Africa, but it's an arm of the European Tour. And and Aaron is is able to play on that. He needs, he's got two tournaments to do it. He needs to try to get into the top 60 to play in the season-ending championship. But uh, it was a pretty good weekend for him this past weekend. He tied for fourth. He shot 13-under, including a final round 68 Overnight in the wee hours of our Sunday morning, I guess, and wound up collecting a paycheck for just over, uh, just under, I guess, $63,000 Canadian. So, yeah, pretty good weekend. He still needs to, you know, get uh, uh, up by another 58 spots in the rankings uh, to try and crack that uh, season ending championship, but he's trending in the right direction, that's for sure. All right. So, uh, in terms of the PGA Tour, you know, it's kind of a—it's
1: sort of a quiet time right now. I guess it's a—it's a weird sort of time for the PGA Tour, but uh, it's time for you know a lot of guys are still trying to rack up some points.
2: Yeah. Big week, uh, big weekend for uh, Robert Streb. He was able to win in that playoff against Kevin Kisner and needed to roll in about an 8-foot uh, putt to uh, force it to a second playoff hole. So he's punched his ticket back to the Masters for next year. Uh, but, yeah, it's all about the points. So, you, Corey Connors, there's another great story, Jeff, from Listwell, Ontario. Tied for 10th for the second week in a row. And, of course, a tie for 10th at the Masters, Looks a little better on the resume than a tie for tenth of the RSM Classic in uh, Sea Island, Georgia, but uh, they all count as far as the points are concerned.
3: And in the and in the checkbook, Kelly. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, very true. Yeah. <laughs> true enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's talk NFL the uh,
1: the contenders now as we head for the Thanksgiving weekend in the states. This is really when things kind of kick into overdrive and the real battle for playoff spots really starts to begin and the 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 wheat and the chaff are starting to separate themselves
4: yeah I I don't know Jeff that we can sit here and say that we trust anybody in the NFC Uh, there's some good teams but uh, I feel like we convene every Monday and try to figure out who the best team in the NFC is and uh, you know depending on what Monday it is we just can't come up with one you got some contenders and some good-looking teams But I I just don't know what separates them at this point. You guys? Anybody?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'd say depth uh, for sure. Uh, The New Orleans Saints, I think, showed uh, that they have the parts to be able to continue to motor on. Now, they did defeat Atlanta, and and the Falcons (laughs) are certainly not one of the heavyweights. But I'll tell you what. Without Breeze, you know. Yeah, they devised a game plan for Taysom Hill to be able to do what he did and you know for an NFL debut 233 yards passing and a couple of touchdowns rushing uh, I'd say that's a that, that's a pretty well, favorable debut
3: and I think they can get more to Taysom Hill once they kind of figure out how to use him a bit differently because like early on I saw Sean Payton like they had a three a third down in one yard and they just had a drop back for Taysom and he got sacked and I thought there was just kind of like a boring way to use him like he's just he's a special type of quarterback you got to throw some gimmicks around there and they, they got to using that later. So I think that'll come uh, more and more as the season goes on. Cause I mean, 11 broken ribs isn't something you recover from quickly. Even if you are superhuman, like Drew Brees, that's a lot Uh, of ribs. A few weeks. Yeah. That's like, that's over half. I think, isn't it? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think they'll figure it out a bit more. And again, it was the perfect time to kind of throw Taysom in there against the Falcons who were just a sad team to watch. (laughs) So uh, yeah, it worked out pretty well for them.
1: All right, so the uh, hey, the Green Bay Packers lost one yesterday. You know, the Indianapolis Colts have kind of reemerged as one of those kind of coming teams that's sort of been off the radar, and that's those are the teams that you always like kind of say, you know look out. It's one of those lookout teams. Mm-hmm. Are we saying look out for the Colts yeah?
4: I'd say so. When you come from when you come from fourteen down, I believe they were down fourteen to the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and a very good Packer team. When you come from fourteen down and beat them. I you know, and it's not like this was their coming out party. The the Colts have been coming for a few weeks now and have looked pretty good most of the season. I, I do like the way they're constructed.
1: Anybody else like the
4: Colts?
3: I, yeah, I, I, I like them. They have a solid defense and a good rushing attack. I just I've seen too many years of Phillip Rivers to trust him.
1: <laughs> he's
3: a solid regular season he's a solid regular season quarterback. He puts up numbers, but has he made a championship game? Like, a, I think he made one AFC championship? I can't
2: remember. Like, it's not, a, I, not enough no, to I, be confident in him. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever happened for him. But, uh, you know, th- this Indianapolis team is probably as good as he's had the opportunity to play on in quite some time, too. And True, you know, true, true. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, his intelligence factor at this point in his career is as good as it's ever going to get. Uh if Green Bay doesn't make that mistake though they win that football game and uh you know to me the New Orleans Saints are still the best team in the NFC but as long as Aaron Rodgers is on your team you always have yeah. the opportunity to win I think
3: if it, I think if Green Bay hadn't spent their first round draft pick on a backup QB they'd be hmm. in the driver's seat now I think that was their big mistake this uh during the draft this off season. Hmm.
1: Uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, a, a couple of those other teams that are kind of stepping forward a bit. The Dolphins yeah. took a big backward step.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what, Jeff, I just counted it up. You, you, know, you, you have you know, Kansas City and Pittsburgh in the AFC. Uh, you have New Orleans in in the NFC. We don't know what's going to happen between Tampa Bay and the Rams tonight, but right now, after you get past those three teams that have eight or more wins, there are a dozen in the six to seven win category. Yeah, And, and, and so it's, it is a real Rubik's cube as to see who's going to, you know, sort themselves out from that, from that uh, particular puzzle. But yeah, M- Miami, you would have thought going uh, against Denver, that they would be able to move into a tie with Mm Idle Buffalo for top spot in the East. But uh, there's a reason why teams are in the National Football League. As lousy as they can be at times, uh, they're still professional uh, football teams. And boy, did the Broncos ever make life miserable for Tua Tungabuola yesterday.
4: Hey, don't forget about that massive Thanksgiving game between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Battle for, <laughs> battle for <laughs> Tonight, first place. <laughs> well, okay, but tonight's game, the Tampa Bay Los Angeles game, is is almost a must win for both of those teams, isn't it? I don't know about uh, must. They're both. I sit- don't know about must. Yeah. But if, if you want to challenge for first place in your division, you got to. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, we want to see what both these. Te- I just I look at it as a. Uh, uh, let's see how good these two teams are. Let's see how they, they both fancy themselves as contenders in the NFC. Well, let's, uh, I love these kinds of games. Let's see how they stack up against each other.
2: You know, the one thing that they've done, both of these teams, is they've played stinkeroos and then shown that they do have the maturity and the mental strength to bounce back and play pretty well after that. So that, to me, that, that's a checkmark uh, for both of them. Uh, but uh, you know, from, from the Tampa Bay perspective, uh, I, I think they want to try to stay as, as as close to New Orleans as they can. But I, I think realistically, they've they've got to be looking at at a wild card spot because New Orleans has the the tiebreaker against them after sweeping the season series. So mm. uh, for for Tampa Bay, I think it's probably try to get as as, as preferable a wild card seating as you possibly can.
1: Mm. Uh, And Los Angeles, of course, is in that scrap with with Seattle and Arizona Mm -hmm. in the NFC West. A a couple
4: of teams we didn't mention because they've been inconsistent as far as contenders in the NFC, but uh, I like both those teams, Seattle, Arizona. They're a handful for for whoever they play just because of the guys they have at quarterback, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray.
3: Yeah, Yeah, Seattle's good, but I don't know how that defense is going to translate into playoff football. It's just so so many holes, and it's Swiss cheese. It's not going to last come playoff time.
2: And heaven yeah. help them if Bobby Wagner ever gets hurt. Oh, uh, my God. You know, if, if he gets hurt, uh, uh, then I don't know that Russell Wilson of the offense can score enough points to compensate for that. But I, I want to go back to the NFC least for a second because, you know, as. as 3 PU, 6 and 1 leads
1: the division, folks. As
2: <laughs> PU as that division is, yeah, but a half a game separates all four teams. So. And I, it, I, it, and I at wasn't least joking. There's. That's well, at least a, there's a reason to
4: watch. Boom. It's like these teams, none of them are any good, but that's a big game on Thanksgiving, and that's all we want. Big games, right? So.
3: Well, and I don't know what it is about uh, like uh, watching Carson Wentz yesterday. He looks... Scared Ooh. playing. I don't know <laughs> what it is. He threw some just ducks. Like, I could throw Ooh. that in that situation. pick six not.
2: <laughs> what do Excuse think me, I mean? Kyle. I've seen you throw a football yeah. before. Let's not <laughs> kid
3: ourselves. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but like, it's like nobody, like, could they just forfeit a playoff spot in that division? Nobody wants to win it. Seems. <laughs> I still think the Cowboys will pull it out because they have the most just like talent. Yeah. Uh, but New just, York Giants. Know. The New York yeah, Giants are coming.
2: <laughs> yeah, if Daniel Jones can ever just settle down a little bit and not be quite so hyper. The Giants actually mm-hmm. aren't that bad of a team. And, you know, I, I just don't know how to figure this out, but they had seemed to play better since Saquon Barkley got hurt.
4: Yeah, maybe maybe they just focus less on, on revolving the offense yeah. around him. Could be.
3: And defenses can't focus quite so much on just stacking the box every play like they would if Barkley was mm-hmm. playing for sure. Because yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's what you ought to do with him on the field. Yeah. You guys were right
2: about the Bears. <laughs> <That's the pace. laughs> uh, it didn't take much. <laughs> well, <laughs> well,
1: no, but I, you know, I, I, they got off to such a good start this year. But you do have to look at, at a team schedule, right? I mean, that matters—not yeah. just the record. You gotta but, look at the schedule. I
4: think we're looking at the end of days for their head coach there, Matt Nagy, unless things get turned around pretty quick. He's under a lot of
2: heat there in Chicago, and you know things aren't going well right now. Yeah, and it, Foles getting hurt. I don't know how bad that injury is, uh, but boy, that shoulder has given him all kinds of problems, and then, of course, he's got uh, the hip and the leg uh, as well, but uh, uh, if he can't go, and if Trubisky is still not ready, uh, ooh, yikes, that, hmm. uh, things could get real ugly uh, in also, the Windy City.
3: When also, Matt Nagy was brought in as an offensive talent. He yeah. was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid, so he had some pedigree for that, and just to watch their offense play, like, just, ugh. It's mm-hmm. just such a struggle, and it's not what they signed up for at all.
4: Yeah, he, he's missing one key component with the Bears that he had in Kansas City, though. That would be the Chiefs quarterback. Uh, yeah. It's pretty easy yeah. to design an offense when you have Patrick Mahomes under center.
2: Yeah, in 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 the Bears' defense, and Matt Nagy's in particular, uh, you know, that Chicago offensive line has been ravaged, so that doesn't help matters any either. hmm
1: all right, we're going to take a pause. We'll come back, talk more of our Athletic Supporters panel, Kelly Moore, Kyle Milroy, Philly Aubrey. We'll be right back. <music> Decided to touch base with some of our friends who have been dealing with the last six months, COVID, of course, just like everybody else has. Uh, And so I wanted to bring them all into the conversation, and there are a couple of our people who have become good friends of our show, and many of you out in the city over the last little while. Our friend Ryan Caliguri is an innovative and growth strategist. You can see his stuff in the Globe and Mail. Also, his Cut the Crap podcast is a great one. And our, our friend Preeti Shah from Praxis Conflict Counseling uh, Consulting, I beg your pardon, is with us. Uh, welcome to you both, and we're also working on uh, bringing Avi Khan from Shawarma Khan into the conversation. So uh, as soon as we get Abi, I'll say welcome all three. But welcome to Preeti and Ryan first of all. Thank you, Jeff. Good to uh, good to talk to you again. Long time no speak. What's uh, what, what's uh, Ryan? Let me start with you. What, what's the last month of your life been like? Uh, man, you know it's it's always
5: changing always changing obviously the last month we've had to lock down so before it was a lot of going out and enjoying the weather but we've had to make changes I've, I've loved going out and uh, hitting up restaurants as often as I possibly could but with all the changes now it's become more of a lockdown picking up some good books getting in some good shows and just try to control whatever I can because it's pretty crazy out there so let's all kind of do our part to lock ourselves down and keep ourselves occupied it's more or less what I've been doing
1: Brady, the mental health experts among us and we've spoken to many of them on this radio station and we do on a regular basis That they all talk about that need for us to feel like we're in control of something and we, we feel like we've lost a lot of that
6: <laughs> We've absolutely uh, totally lost control of uh, what our lives are going to look like and I think the the most important thing is to accept that there are so many things out of our control, um, but there are things that we can make good choices about and and be in control of, and we have to focus upon those those few things. My life looks completely different than Ryan's, so, um, you know, even though we're all in the, the same lockdown, um, it's not the same circumstances for everyone, so... We've got to keep keep looking out and saying we have choices to make. What are those best choices that we can come up with?
1: Well, and what and what have those choices been like for you? What have you been doing to keep yourself going and, and keep and make you feel like you are sort of in control of what's what's happening in your life?
6: <laughs> well, I never had that period of time where I was going out to restaurants uh, and going out and about. Um, So in some sense, the lockdown is not as hard when, you know, I was maintaining it through most of these months, but I have parents in their 80s who have had, you know, five COVID tests each, uh, a daughter who's in a high-risk COVID situation, and then a 20-month-old at home. So it's a uh, very, very cautious life that we lead. Um, and so, you know, when I get a moment of free time, even though the the snow has hit, I'm out walking or I'm on my bike or something just to maintain my sanity and get some fresh air. And I'm sure Ryan feels the same. There's there's times when you realize you haven't left the house. Um, you haven't <laughs> talked to another human Uh for me, who's not 20 months old, and so you've got to deliberately make connection. And I think the contrary of that lack of control is to maintain some solid uh, connections for our soul. Avi
1: Khan joins the conversation. Uh, Avi, welcome back to you. It's good, good to talk again. Uh-oh, we lost if We had him, and we lost him. <laughs> I mean, Bobby's a big guy, right? He's not that slippery. I mean,
6: this, you know. It's that technology overload, Jeff. You know, I, think, I don't think I talked to a single human being whose email wasn't down uh, at some point last week because of just a tremendous strain on the system which of course then you know gives us another thing to stress over because we know we've got to get work done or head into a video call or something
1: well uh all right Abby is Obby is back all right we got him <laughs> gone. Right. welcome back to you
7: sorry i missed all of that by phone cutouts
1: all right, <laughs> modern technology. What what's the last month of your life looked like? We've, we've been talking to to both uh, Ryan and Preeti about that. What what's it been like for you?
7: Oh man, it's been nuts. It uh, I mean, Shore McConnell and Green Carrot alone from you know Code Orange restricted to Code Red has been uh, terrible. Very very difficult to, to manage staff and uh, you know just bills and and that's been stressful. But I also launched a new company. Called good local to support you know local businesses and get money in the hands of businesses because that's what we need uh, and that's been just absolutely bonkers bonkers mm-hmm. it's been so busy the response has been so amazing uh, people want to support local so it, that's what I did
1: so uh, you know Abby I guess we talked about that 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 feeling that so many people have that they have lost control that they're not in control of their lives anymore so this is. This is the kind of the step that you've taken to try to regain some of that control, is it
7: yeah look i I mean myself personally i mean as an entrepreneur and a guy who's been you know the trenches on the football field to starting you know six restaurants and, you know I, I I kind of thrive in that atmosphere, right I thrive in the chaos and not knowing what happens day to day um, but yeah, I really want to create a platform good local to help people have that stability and understanding that there is an opportunity to still sell your goods. Your store might be closed, but we can still sell. We can still move your products in a safe fashion, the you know, and deliver it to people's houses because that's what we need. We need people to stay home. We need people to stay safe, but we also need them to support local businesses. Well, it's kind of an oxymoron. How can you stay home and still support businesses? So I really thought of this platform eight months ago, and it's taken off. Like we we launched two weeks ago, we had 18 orders, not bad. Uh, last week we did 284. This week, we already have 411 orders. Now, what does orders mean? Nothing. But if you look at dollars-wise, that's over $75,000. $75,000 in local sales that are going to the hands of local businesses in two weeks. Well, and that
1: matters. huge. When you're you're wondering where where the next uh, rent check's going to come from, that matters, doesn't it?
7: Well, and that's exactly what some of the people have emailed me and texted me and said, Avi, like, this platform you have created is amazing. We, we now can sell our products. We can pay our bills. We're not worried about our store being closed. Um, like, you know, I had some lady call me crying on the phone the other day. It's been, the response has been fantastic. And, and the Manitobans and the Winnipegs who have ordered our products are loving it. They they're, 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 don't want to shop on Amazon. They don't want to go to Walmart. They oh, want to yeah. support local right they want to we so we gave them an option to do it um you know and it's been fantastic you know again i myself i think i'm a little nutty because i love this chaos i love this atmosphere of working and and going nuts but you know the stability that we can offer through good local um, is great we just need more buy-in we need more people we need more funding we need to scale this business uh we went from uh, you know 20 orders to almost 500 in two weeks
1: well, this is this is tough though, isn't it folks? Because people have a lot of people are losing their jobs, so there're a whole lot of people who have less disposable income. And yet there are some who will probably have more disposable income because their commute expenses have been either cut or reduced and all that sort of thing. It's a it's a weird dichotomy that we're facing here, isn't it?
6: It is. It is. I'm I've been in an essential profession For the last eight months, and so it's full bore, it's full steam ahead, you know, at the point in time that daycare was available, but there's other people who, you know, I just had a personal trainer say to me, I've I've got so much time on my hands, you know, can can we connect? And so um, there's people who are thriving and there's others who are suffering, um, and we want to find some kind of um, uh, ground to be able to support those local businesses Like we just had Diwali and Thanksgiving and, you know, got our Diwali meal from East India and our Thanksgiving from peasant cookery. And we'll, you know, line up some Christmas meals and you have to rethink how you're going to do everything. And, uh, you know, as Abby said, we have to rethink and support local. We can't be ordering our Christmas presents on Amazon. We've got to get creative. We've got to downsize our expectations, um, and and find different satisfaction out of what's coming ahead.
1: Ryan, what? You know, how, how has this sort of changed your life? Because you you went through the experience. Mm-hmm. You contracted COVID nineteen and knocked the knocked the stuffing out of you for a while. How Mm how has this whole experience changed how you think about the way you live your life? That's a great
5: question. Honestly, Jeff, it comes down to, first off, I I have low fear for myself personally because I've gone through it and I understand it. And we, we fear what we don't understand. And for somebody who actually had it and had it pretty tough, at least I know the symptoms. I know how I dealt with it for myself. So... That's one thing that helps to to kill some of the fear that does exist out there for people who are saying, I don't know how this is going to hit me or my health. What it has also done is it's also made me more careful around my parents, um, careful around my peer group, because I'm I belong to an age group where there's a lot of people, and I don't want to demonize my age group. I just want to put that out there right now. But there's a lot of folks in my age group who are saying, Oh, you know, what's fine. If I get it, I get it. I'll be fine. You are fine. You're okay. You'll be okay. I'll be okay. I <laughs> say that's not the point of it, though, right? That's not the right approach. So me having it has actually helped me to influence my own peer group to say, Hey, yes, I got through it. It was tough. But it's not about you. It's about the community. It's not about you. It's about your family. It's about the others who might not be able to contract or who might not be able to fight it as well as you will. So you know, sit down, Take it easy, find a good book, find a good show and relax. And I think that me having it before has added some credibility to my arguments. For example, where I see people online arguing, saying, oh, it's just a hoax. Don't worry about it. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not. So it's been uh, it's, it's I think it's been good that I had it because I can then influence those who haven't yet.
6: And Ryan, a 20 year old passing away on the weekend was or last week was, was sobering, was sobering. Mm-hmm.
5: Of course. Um, yeah. There's been a me. lot of people who there's been a lot of people who have responded to that and I've seen this where they say, Well, I'm sure there was underlying health conditions and this doesn't just happen to normal people and it, it's that's that's not the point. Like that's not the point. The point is that this can affect anybody. And if you are the one who, who is contracting it because you're being irresponsible, then it's up to you to make that change yourself. Again, like Jeff was talking about, what can you control? Well you can control whether or not you spread the virus or not to your family, your friends, your community. So take responsibility.
1: Going to take a pause. We'll come back and pick up on our, this is our second wave COVID panel. We're joined by Abhi Khan, Preeti Shah, and Ryan Caliguri. We'll be right back. (music) The second wave panel, Abhi Khan of Khan. Preeti Shah of Praxis Conflict Consulting, and Ryan Caliguri is an innovative and growth strategist here in Winnipeg, uh, some of our, our favorite Winnipeggers. And we're talking about how people have dealt with this uh, pandemic. And we heard you know, both Preeti and Ryan talking about how seriously they have taken it. Ryan went through a bout of COVID-19, and it, it needs to be taken seriously. But Abhi, as a as a local entrepreneur, you see things through a couple of different lenses. There's one, there's your your health and the health of the people around you, but the, there's also the economic downside of this kind of a
7: lockdown. How do we reconcile those two, or can we? Well, I mean, it's it's a tough, right? It's almost a bit of an oxymoron. Like, how can you handle both at the same time? And myself, operationally, of course, you know, our paramount concern is, is staff safety and customer safety, right? So right in the very beginning, You know, we started enforcing masks and distancing and one-way entry and one-way exits, Um, you know, and to Ryan's point, I think, unfortunately, you know, I'm kind of in that age demographic a lot of my staff are where they don't really care or think it's a big deal. Uh, That's a really scary thing, and I think that's how we're getting to these crazy numbers uh, is that we're not thinking it's a big deal. So I think that's been, you know, broad forefront for people. But as far as the economics of business go, it's tough. It's devastating uh i'm about to close two stores again with the second wave all my stores are down in sales and we're just you know you're trying to everyone's trying to pivot and come up with a different way but there's only so many times you can pivot uh there's only so many times you can move it because that costs money and it, it takes resources and time so it, it's a really scary thing i think the best thing people can do is, is twofold one stay home stay safe if you don't got to get out and stay home and number two is try to support local when you can. And, you know, and again, I feel like I'm really pumping my business here, but there's other platforms out there as well. There's other ways to do it. Like pretty said, you can order from restaurants and you can pick up and you can order curbside pickup for, you know, retail stores that might still be open in the back end. Uh, but really you got to get creative and you got to find ways because we got to get through this together. And if we, we all don't take it seriously, this is going to be a long road ahead. And, and some businesses will never come back from this, unfortunately. And, and I hope I've created a platform where people will have that opportunity to make some sales and flourish in these uncertain times.
1: Do we need to be careful about pinning our hopes on, a, on an early vaccine?
6: I don't think we can plan for it. You know, um, I think when we were sitting in, in Wave 1, when we were locked down this tight in March and April, we were looking ahead and thinking, you know, it's going to be full steam ahead. Uh, already at this time of year, and I think we have to plan that we're going to be in some form of really reduced activity for a long time now um, and, and get our heads around that so that we're not, you know, we're thriving where we are as opposed to thinking ahead to when we're going to be out and about socializing like we want to. I know some people, you know, they've got holiday plans and celebrations and they're, we're going to do this until we can have the in-person party. And it's like, no, <laughs> we should be thinking about how we're going to do it differently for the next number of months and not worry about going back to the in-person party. Um, or going
7: back and to the... And, and to the this part, I think it, it, it's going to take a real mind shift for people, right? For Winnipegars, from to understand that we need to change the way we're thinking. We can't think of, you know, having a big Thanksgiving dinner, a Christmas dinner. Like she said, we need to change our expectations and what we're going... Because if we don't change those, if we don't change our plans for Christmas now... And we're going to be in big trouble. We need to set our expectations day-to-day and, and plan for what the future looks like now, given the situation we have now, because if we don't start doing that, we're going to be in a whole lot of hurt and this is going to drag on for, you know, how who knows how long, but, you know, we can't rely on this vaccine coming out to save everyone and save society and local businesses. We need to make the decision to save ourselves. Do you all
1: expect to be doing the same thing for a living in a year from now? <laughs> we- <laughs> I do.
5: Yes. I hope yeah. I, I
6: hope. do. <laughs> but I'll. I'll. I'll sure love to. Up. You know, be doing a few less things online. Um, you know, I'm. I'm in Obby's boat. I am working 12, 14 hour days, just because the the resources on the other end are are um, smashed. So I don't have support uh, to raise a little one right now, and so. You know, everything's taking me longer, um, and I hope that uh, I, I hope that goes away, and I hope that I can have more face-to-face interactions. Um, but you know, I, I can't plan for that. I have to plan to do business as we're doing it now as well as possible.
1: we are talking to three of our friends three prominent winnipegers Preeti shaw of praxis conflict consulting ryan Caliguri, who's an innovative and growth strategist he's got a great podcast called cut the crap he reads bad books so you don't have to and uh, shwermacon's abicon so uh, when we left off we we talked about you know what we'd be how how our lives are what we'd be doing for a living a year from now would be like. And, and Preeti spoke a little bit about that. Ryan, do you, what is, what's it going to be like for you, do you think? Well,
5: more of the same, but different, I guess. So more of the same in terms of what I'm doing. I'm not changing up my field of expertise or, or what I'm doing, but how I deliver services, I'm hoping will be different. Before, it was all in person, lots of traveling, a lot of you know moving in boardrooms and conferences and speaking engagements. And that whole business has gone to zero completely like that's off the off the table now so I've had to shift and do everything online and that has been good for me in my business but I'm hoping that a year from now who knows I'm you know I can remain hopeful that we can get back out to traveling get back out in front of you know big convention centers lots of people get back to -to face-to-face and boardrooms if not that's okay because I've been able to pivot and work with the constraints that we have in order to still maintain my delivery of service but you know, if, if everything works out with the vaccine and what have you, and and things work according to um, you know best case scenario, then you know hopefully
1: go get back to uh, doing things in person, Jeff. I miss that. Yeah, Avi, mean, you want to you want to be at at the stadium on game day, <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. game day, hand, handing me my handing me my shawarma.
7: Man, I miss those days. You know, I don't know if this, I, I hope the stadium will be back, but, you know, that might be a little soon. But I, I maybe in some capacity, we'll be back. You know, a year from now, I, uh, I sure hope and pray things will start, will be back to normal. I, I hope the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry and t- travel tourism will start to get back to normal. You know, this is with the vaccine coming out. I think we will, we have forever changed the way we do things in society in our life, you know, as far as being more careful. Spreading germs, washing our hands, touching our face, stuff like that. But you know, I hope so. I mean, Shawarma Khan and Green Carrot, hopefully, aren't going anywhere, and we'll be here. Just like a lot of other businesses, I hope we'll make it through this. And you know, I think with Good Local, the new business I started, is we really have changed consumers' buying habits. People will want to have you know, stuff delivered to them, and I think there is a forever shift in people supporting local. I think people will forever try to shop local first and, and have products delivered to them, so I'm mean, that's a good thing. So out of this, there are some good things that have come of this, and I think this is one of those major impacts, supporting local restaurants, staying away from the franchises and the chains, uh, supporting makers. So, you know, I, I look at the silver lining always, and, and I think we'll be, we'll be okay when we come out of this.
1: You know, I don't know if there's a... If there's any way that any government anywhere could emerge from this and everybody say, you yeah, did a great job. You're not you know, we, us
6: down that path, are you, Jeff? Well, I just, you know, <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I, I think, we, you know, because we're all citizens of, of this, this city and this province, and we all take a look at, at the decisions that are being made on our behalf by our elected officials based on the advice they get, From the people in the medical profession but it's you know i don't know how much of this we lay at the feet of of government or at the medical profession or if we just have to hold up a mirror to ourselves
5: well that's that's the best point right there jeff i love it like hold the mirror up to yourself it's so easy to cast blame like the one thing i I miss is sitting in you know bell mts place and listening to a whole bunch of armchair gms tell you know, Blake Wheeler, how to shoot a puck. I'm like, come on, you don't know what you're talking about. And the same thing is true <laughs> Some guy who's never like had to a twig decisions. in his hands,
1: right? Right,
5: exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man, like you can't tell Blake Wheeler how to do it. Just as if you're sitting at home, it's so easy for you to have all the answers, all the decisions. And it's just, what can, again, comes back to how we started this conversation. What can you control? Who are you talking to in your own peer group? How can you help them make the right decisions? If we can focus more on what we can control, Um, I think that's important. Now, yes, we have to hold our our elected officials accountable. Absolutely. I'm not saying that. But I do believe that there's a lot of things that we can do that could be positive um, and and help the overall cause by looking in our own circle, in our own peer group, as opposed to just chastising the government the entire time.
6: And we also have to find ways beyond, you know, the types of businesses that are on Good Local to support people who are not Mm. working right now. Mm-hmm. So not support them to be on CERB, but all my fellow you know not my my photographer friends who are who cannot operate because they're not eligible, um, they're not an essential service. They're not eligible for all the funding that's available because they don't have brick and mortar. How do we find ways to utilize these services? How do we spend a few minutes every day reaching out to people who are struggling with their businesses or struggling with their families so those are the kinds of things we can control
1: yeah and Abby, there's no question that that, that there's a friend being you being in business you know this but there, there's a a psychological and emotional price to be paid for the kind of lockdown that we're in right now it's not as it's not it's not as simple as nothing's ever quite as simple as we'd like it to be
7: yeah it's tough it is i mean i i think i'm preaching the choir everyone has their own obstacles and hurdles in their life whether it's child care or your kid not being able to go down the street and play with his friend you getting to the gym uh, i mean that's a real real mental stressor and i feel a lot of anxiety uh and i have a real uh struggle with that i'll always have if i can't work out and, and release some of the stress i have um it's tough. It, this is really, and with our restrictions now, it, it's even harder. So, you know, we, we need to try to get back to some sort of moment see we can have this, but it's not going to happen if we don't change our, our habits day to day, right? So we need to stop doing what we've been doing and do it right, wear masks, distance, do the right thing, get the numbers down, Slowly start to get back to some sort of normalcy because it is. It, it it This is having a huge, huge mental toll on a lot of people, and I, I think we need to be really mindful of that. And it's going to be a long time coming out of this. It's not going to go away with the snap of the vaccine. It's going to take years to get so, out of it. So
1: you get the you get the sense that even, even if we're fortunate enough to get a, a, an effect a safe effective vaccine, early next year, and we can emerge from, the kind of shutdowns that we're in, are, are we all. Still going to be wearing masks for quite a while. Do you think,
6: <laughs> Jeff? I can tell you a funny story. The twenty-month-old at home, who is not supposed to wear a mask, has been running around grabbing my extra masks, which are every there, everywhere. You know, a, a, yeah. as many as my reading glasses. <laughs> She's not going to know me without wearing a mask out in public. Is
1: this yeah. kind of weird? is this kind of weird? Do you think, like you know, for the for the young ones, pretty and you know, as, as a mom with a with a young one there, less than two years old, that are, uh, do, do you wonder if there's going to be any kind of long-term scars?
6: Now, for, I think they're for, actually for the, going the to be. Coi- I think they're going to be quite resilient, and it's it's the approach that we take with them. I mean, Abby and I are friends on you know and on social media, and all summer he took his son out fishing and hiking and. Uh, <laughs> you did. I saw yeah. it. All those great no, connections, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be less, it's just different.
7: Um, yes, exactly. That's the message, right? Like we just gotta do it differently. Don't send you know, we just gotta do things smarter and differently and yeah, kids the kids are super resilient. like my little guy he's eight years old, grade or seven years old grade two and he doesn't even care about wearing a mask in school. Isn't that it is what it is. He goes, I still see my friends, I have fun, we're smart and we go inside and play carefully and he's loving it, right? Like and I'm you know, we got to motivate that, encourage that and build that up in him. Uh, and he's, their kids are tough, but they learn from us.
6: Yeah. Yeah. If we are, if we are calm, they're going to be calm. Um, and they're going to be the ones that are delivering the message to some of the people who aren't getting it. Um. Hmm.
1: You know that there are, uh, and we know that there it's there's no unanimity as to how we should be dealing with this, right? Countries can't agree. Our individual citizens can't agree. We have these conversations every day uh, here on our station, and the the calls, the texts, the emails that we receive shows that there's no uh, there's no consensus about how to deal with this. Uh, are we are we in danger of of winding up dividing ourselves? You know that there's this this conflict and these these arguments that are developing can we still kind of hang together on this, given the diversity of opinion about how we should be handling this this virus?
5: I would hope so. I think it's we we lose track of the outcome, and the outcome is that we all want to get back to the level of normalcy that we all enjoyed before. But we get distracted with the details. We get distracted with um, with certain opinions, and uh, you know, I, I really feel. Something that has not been very helpful to a lot of people's own mental health is sitting on Facebook boards and and debating the merits of certain decisions and watching videos of mask versus no mask. And I find that social media can be very helpful, but can be very dangerous at the same time. And when I go online and I see there's a huge division, as you say, Jeff, a huge division, and I think that when it comes down to it. It's 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 not about being right or wrong. It really isn't. It's just about, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, taking care of your community. And I think that if we have that outward approach looking at our community, we'll make the right decisions. We'll make better decisions if we just stop trying to be right and trying to prove other people wrong and we try to just do what's best for ourselves, our family, and our community. And I think that we that's that's a good true north to be steering towards.
1: So a Dilbert cartoon and on the weekend and Dilbert's talking to one of his colleagues at work, he said, somebody disagreed with me yesterday, and I changed his mind by using data and reason, (laughs) and and his his co-worker says, that's that's not possible.
6: (laughs) Jeff, I'll 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 tell you a funny story. We have friends and family members living in the Dakotas, and they phoned, uh, all of them phoned yesterday to say, Canada made our local news. The Canadian shutdown was on our local stations, Um, so it's all a matter of perspective because we've been, you know, we've been hurling jabs at them for for months and weeks now. Um, And now our situation, they said, "Oh, they showed a desolate Toronto," and I said, "Yeah." It's, it's bad everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean we're still, you know, if you just want to look at the raw numbers, we're still doing better than the United States, but we're doing a lot worse than we want to right
6: now. Right, right. It's that true. test it's, positivity rate is is really high. We were listening to the news about the mayor and Brandon, uh, or pardon me, mayor and Morden and his family. It's 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 uh, sobering news.
1: Yeah, we were we were actually sliding down the list in the world. Of total cases of COVID, but we've actually moved up a notch. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not a notch. This is not a list you want to be moving up on. Yeah, so, it's interesting. Canada when- is thirtieth overall in terms of overall yeah. cases, but but the, those aren't the most important numbers, right? It's the it's how many deaths per population, uh, how many ca- how many active cases do you have? That that's the, those are the kinds of numbers I think that really matter
5: exactly right. It's interesting, Jeff, when you look at uh, look at Canada on a global scale, I was speaking with some folks in uh, Australia last week and their numbers are crazy low, crazy low in all of Oceania. I think you're looking at less than 300 cases in total. And so when they look at us, they're just saying, like, Canada, you were doing so well before. What happened? And I'm asking, what happened with you guys? What What's going on with you? How did you guys do it? And they apparently have different approaches, different strategies. And well, I think for them, they've yeah, all said I it's mean, a little bit easier for them, uh, too. Yeah,
1: but. It, it is. They've got the advantage of being surrounded by water. But Australia really <laughs> went, right. I mean, they went heavy, heavy-handed in terms yeah. of restricting people's personal freedoms. talk a little bit about the future of transportation in our city it's not the kind of thing that you can figure out 20 30 years from now you got to figure it out now and adapt as you go along so there's a a transportation master plan which is laid in for winnipeg for the year 2050 and alex regic is the transportation master plan lead and joins us today on 680 cjob alex welcome
0: Thanks, Jeff. Uh, glad to be here uh, with you and your listeners.
1: Can you talk to me a little bit about what the, the plan wants to achieve?
0: Yeah, this, the City of Winnipeg has embarked on a, an exciting transportation study that will basically be the blueprint for, for guiding the city and, of course, our people's mobility and goods movement for the next 30 years. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's quite a comprehensive study. It will look at a, a number of areas, including infrastructure, such as roads and bridges, uh, public rights away, uh, public services like parking, traffic management, uh, public transit, and uh, and of course, most importantly, human travel behaviors. You know, one of
1: the one of the things that uh, the criticisms of our city, we beat ourselves up, Alex, is that we, we haven't really done a very good job of thinking into the future when it comes to how we want Transportation to look. I mean, see Keniston Boulevard here. Right? <laughs> We've got certain roadways that are accommodating far more traffic than we ever anticipated they were going to have to accommodate. So uh, how, how do we rejig in a river in a city with two rivers traversing it? How, how do we rejig some of this stuff?
0: Well, that's, that's the challenge that we're uh, undertaking. One of the reasons why we're updating this plan, uh, which was last done in 2011, um, a huge challenge for our technical staff uh, to uh, analyze, uh, not only as you said, Jeff, uh, what, what we've built and where, where we're at currently, but also where do we wanna be in the future? And, and one of the critical components that we will be looking at is to talk to the citizens themselves and, and ask the public, um, you know, what do you see as, as, uh, as a future transportation system? So there'll be a, uh, a huge component dealing with uh, public engagement and public input in addition to the, uh, the detailed uh, technical analysis that our tech team is working on to, to try and resolve and understand uh, what transportation will look like in the next 30 years.
1: You know, of course, you're not going to get a
0: consensus from Winnipeggers.
1: Uh, no, that's
0: always, uh, that's, uh, I've been a city planner now for 28 years and uh, well aware that uh, everybody comes with divergent opinions. The key for us is how do we build, how do we take into account everybody's uh, different views and different desires, and how do we build a consensus? Because we do have to come up with a plan that will ensure future mobility and goods movement uh, to basically ensure the economic vitality of our city.
1: Right, I mean what do we want what do we want our city to look like for two generations from now? What what is it going to look like? And I guess for so many years, Alex, that, that that our city kind of marched in place that we didn't really think that much about the future because the city wasn't really growing very much, but we now see that it is, and it's going to be incumbent upon the current generation to make some decisions on behalf of people who
0: aren't even born yet. That's a tough that's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. Again, why we're reaching out to the public through public engagement, and uh, you know, want to try and get an understanding of, um, uh, and and we're doing a broad selection where we want to try to get a um, a lot of people from from uh, senior citizens to middle-aged working people to youth, and try and get an understanding of what they would like to see in the future, and and. You know, that's looking at everything, Jeff. We, we, we've got to look at how is technology changing mobility and it is having an impact right now on uh, on how we move around, how we get around, whether it's uh, through apps, through uh, vehicle-to-vehicle communication. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming out. Driverless vehicles are, way mm-hmm. off, are, are starting to be developed on a commercial aspect. Uh, we're also looking at uh, fuel switching. And, and one of the key things that will guide this plan is the current our Winnipeg plan that is being uh, proposed uh, for, and will decide how the city will develop uh, its land use in the future and uh, guide development. And we're also looking at the climate action plan that the city of Winnipeg adopted a few years back as a guiding principle uh, for future transportation.
1: Do, do we have a sense, Alex, in, in 10, 20, 30 years, how many of us will be still commuting? Or, you know, given what we've seen in the last eight months, we know that it's possible for a lot more of us to work from home than we ever imagined.
0: That's a a very good point, Jeff. Um, That's one of the key aspects that our technical team has been tasked with. And again, why we're asking the public's opinion and their experience with the pandemic. And what will um, uh, the pandemic uh, influence transportation? Not only immediately if we're, we're lucky enough to get some vaccines and manage it, how will transportation look in the future and will this uh, change the way we work? And, and you raised a very good point in terms of, well, if I look at myself, I'm not just like many others. I'm working from home and uh, have been, you know, getting along. Uh, my travel requirements are way down. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that is a key question that our technical team is looking at. And we also want to find out what Winnipeggers are thinking about it too. So so how, do you, how, how are you going to do that? How are you going to tap into Winnipeggers? Well, we have a number of ways. Um, I, I would encourage uh, your listeners to go to our website, winnipeg.ca backslash TMP 2050. That is our webpage, and it offers a, a number of um, options for Winnipegers to get involved. We have an online survey that's ongoing right now that they can participate in. It takes about 12 minutes to go through a uh, number of questions, and they can offer us a number of suggestions. That'll be going till December 11th. Uh, Tomorrow night, we have um, uh, an online panel discussion uh, via Zoom so people can register on our website uh, to participate tomorrow night. Uh, We have about uh, six, seven panelists, uh, specialists in the transportation field talking about the very issues you and I have talked about this afternoon. And uh, we also want to get a good sense of uh, what people are thinking in that uh, panel discussion. And there's also an online mapping tool where people can... uh, Click certain hotspots on the map of Winnipeg and offer us suggestions to make improvements or what they see in the future. Like you mentioned, you know, uh, Route 90 and maybe what their vision is for it. So there, there are plenty of opportunities on our website at Winnipeg.ca/slash/tmp2050.
1: TMP2050 Winnipeg.ca/slash/tmp2050. Alex, thanks very much. Appreciate your time today.
0: Thank you very much, Jeff. You have a good afternoon. Pleasure to talk
1: to And you too. To you. Alex Redick is a transportation master plan lead. And again, if you want to weigh in on the future of transportation in our city, winnipeg.ca slash TMP 2050.
5: Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere
7: you find your favorite podcasts.